people of the world. Welcome to That Sports Podcast, Season 5, Episode 6. Welcome. We are excited to be here. We're, uh, we're a trio tonight. We have Jesse Hove, the infamous Jesse Hove, the famous Jesse Hove. And we also have Curtis Metcalf. Curtis, I want to ask you, uh, you were on during the fantasy football draft, and we'll talk about fantasy friends on this episode, but Metcalf, are you related to DK? Any family relation? I wish. Or, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. That's the only other Metcalf I know, so I, I'm not, I don't have much. Um, yeah, really great to have you. Excited to have you uh, opine with us on meaningless sports that in the grand scheme of things, doesn't mean a lick of difference. I'm just saying that for Josh McClement. So, um, yeah. But it's fun, right, Jesse? And welcome to you. And how are things with life fun. You know, for there's Mr. Some, Hove? There's some, uh, there's some grand scheme connections. There, are, there is all, everything is connected. Okay. However distantly. All right. You know. Everything is connected. Not everything is meaningless under the sun. Everything is connected. Yeah, there's some there's some meaning. There's some truth to sport. You know what, Jesse? I think this was actually one of the first conversations we had talking. I don't know. Like when we were, we used to, like we, we did a certain job together. The people don't know. But then when we were doing our second or third jobs in the company we worked for, we chatted about how you had this... Um, did you write about it in school, like the interconnection between I've always been interested and real life? In the the yeah. theology of sport. And right. no one has written. There's one book that a uh, uh, European theologian wrote about the theology of sport, a small book. And he, but he mostly, his, he's mainly a soccer fan. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's tough to do, right? There's a lot, there's a lot that doesn't fit, especially within um the advertising of sports or the entertainment side of sports or whatever right there's a lot yeah. that doesn't fit but there's also you know teamwork how you fit within certainly um, you know you you talk about like whenever i when you read that verse in scripture about like the eye and the hand and they all have their place in god's whatever i think sport teaches you about that right and you just because you have a different role doesn't mean it's not important in hockey i think or hockey, well, sports in general, team sports in general, they teach you how to value yourself within a system and without necessarily needing to be the star. Yeah. And that's just one, right? And so I understand, like, when we talk about, like, professional sports and the business side of how that can get quite murky and quite dark, mm. but that's, like, most institutions, most large institutions, most corporations are also murky and dark. So, right, but on the on the grassroots, when you're when you're growing up learning a sport, you I, probably you be, probably see a purer form of that. And there's got to be one few. There's few things better for teaching your child life lessons than sport, mm. right? I think, especially. All right, uh, you've been listening to that sports podcast. Thank you for tuning <laughs> in. It was good, Jess. Um, we have our opening segment tonight. Um, I just thought of this and let's see where it goes. But I thought about, let's talk about athletes that we, A, love to hate and B, hate to love. So I've got a few here and I'll, uh, I'll go third here. 
And I want you guys to take it away. If you have athletes that, yeah, strikingly come to mind that you just, you know, you just loathe them and you enjoy it. And then athletes that come to mind that you, you can't stop. You can't help yourself. You just, you just always, you always love them, even though they might be terrible people. They might be terrible teammates. They might not buy into what Jesse was just talking about in terms of being a good team player and, and good life lessons and all that. But um, you just can't let go of them. So let's start, I guess, first category, athletes you love to hate. Here's the uh, the fun one, I guess. So let's start with you, Jess. Do you have any... Well, so this, so this is mind? funny. When you posted, when you posted, what we were talking about. I thought you meant that an athlete that did both. That oh, I love to hate. Right, them, it was well ambiguous. My them. mistake. Oh, okay, okay. So, well, that hit us with both. Then we covered. So, both the, so I thought of athletes that like, kind of that fit into both categories. So, for me, um, Brad Marchand, Kevin Durant, Chris Pronger are three. All right. I I hate them and I love them at the same time. Okay. Um, Brad Marchant, he's he's a he's he's what is he licking people? He's a piece of crap, right? Like he's just. But then, like the for nose. Team Canada, that line, that Bergeron, Crosby, Marchand line was so good. He's such a good hockey player. Like you, you watch those Bruins highlights or Bruins games. He's so dynamic. He's so creative. It just sucks that he's he's a piece of crap. But he's um, one of those guys. If he's on your team, you love him to pieces. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. because he plays for the Bruins, he's the worst <laughs> ever. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's That's the nature of these guys that we love to hate. Yeah. And it's it's one thing if you're a grinder and you're you're you know you, you got a bit of a grease to you, but when you're one of the best players out there, it's uh, it adds extra insult to Yeah, no, his hands are just like he is legitimately gifted offensively, but he's such a rat on the ice. And he was underrated too. Like coming in, they didn't when he came into the league, people didn't think he was gonna be as good as he ended up being. Like he hmm. he really continued to improve and progress as a player. I wonder um, why that bothers us yeah. so much though, that like when somebody's skilled, we hate if they do like if they have a bad attitude or if they're a little skeezy. If if they're not gonna score us 30 goals, we don't really care what their attitude is. Like it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, like we expect yeah, the Sidney Crosby attic type attitude, right? Like they have to be professional all the time if they're going to score a lot of goals. I wonder if it's that part of that um, cognitive dissonance we have where we want our heroes to be good people. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we talk about all the time. We think like, oh, if you're good, you have to be good in all these areas of life. You have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so you can't have this edge if you're really gifted offensively, but Marchand obviously has both. He's like the anti-hero yeah. of the NHL. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> and KD is the same thing, right? It's like big time it, when he, the stuff he, he talks shit offline and, and all his, all those antics or whatever. And then, and then, but you watch him play and he's just so good. And then add the, add the other element of being a Raptors fan and watching us, dominating that series he comes in and just starts draining threes and uh i was terrified it was game, it was, was a really game, weird uh, feeling like six. I, I won't say i actively like i wasn't like one of those fans i think mean, that was awful when they were actively cheering when he had that injury 
Yeah, that was bad. But it was oh. it was like a a mixed feeling of like, oh, I think we actually have a chance to do this now. After he got hurt, yeah. After he got yeah. hurt, yeah. Because he was all he was dominating us. He was yeah. There, yeah, we had no we had no answer, answer. none. I still would like to think that even if it went to seven, Kawhi would figure that out. But maybe that's just because I love the man. He anyway, he's on my. Well, no, he's not on that list. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Uh, uh, you, yeah, uh, just, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger was, uh, especially when he came to Edmonton, because then I saw him more. And just, because just so good without the, the greasy stuff. But then his ability to sneak in an elbow and uh, sneak in a hack at the leg and just, but then just to be also just so good. Just such a mind for the game. Uh, yeah, he's he's frustrating to watch as a Flames fan for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. The one time, and, I but, really I, like but I love seeing him hammer Bieber into the boards. That was fun. <laughs> I I really liked uh, Pronger when he was with Edmonton on that Cup run because they were such underdogs, and he was a. Just, I mean, he was one of the stars that on that team that really held that blue line together. So but solid on that. Blue otherwise, line. I never really was a fan. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, because he was with St. Louis, so I didn't really watch a lot of those games. But so those Team Canada guys, though, right? Yes, that's true. And yeah, towards the end, I thought, you know, maybe we want some quicker guys on the blue line, but but he does add an element. Yeah. No, right on, Hover. Um, okay, Curtis, did you? <laughs> Did you understand my directions or were they too ambiguous? <laughs> no, no, I think like I, I have sort of a clear two two distinct groups. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um although the first two sort of could be both categories, but so my love to hate Yeah, let's do that uh, one. Love to hate uh the Manning brothers. So <laughs> as a Patriots fan, I'm with you. I yes. hated those guys so much. But they're so funny and they're entertaining and they the the skill, you can't deny their skill, but I hated them with a passion when they Who played. do you hate more, Curtis? Oh, uh uh Peyton. Are you serious? Yeah, listen, because Eli was I uh, hate Eli so much more than Peyton. This is interesting. We're both past yeah. fans. Okay. Eli was you say your bit. Eli was Two Super Bowls, right? It was it was a, a moment in time. Peyton was just he was AFC. It was constant. It was like the yeah. conversation was always Peyton or Brady, Peyton or Brady. Like who's who's the better quarterback? Who's leading better? Who's doing? It? I I didn't want to hear about it anymore. I hated the Colts. I hated Peyton Manning. Eli stole some like the catch on the helmet, like luckiest thing in the world. Peyton yes. was just always but then there. did it again. Yeah, like, but yeah. Okay, so you hate that. Okay, I I hear your I hear your argument. I'll just quickly say that I just think Eli wasn't very good, and yet in those two Super Bowls, and I guess in those two playoff runs, he had a great defense with him. But I'm not going to just disparage him for that. Other quarterbacks have a great have had great defenses helping them win the the title. I'm just saying like, Tom, yeah, like, Tom Brady, like Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady uh, every time. I mean, early, early on, but not later on with those shootouts. I mean, no, the defense. <laughs> I mean, um, the Bucks. The Bucks. Okay, that team. one. Thank you. You're right. The the most recent one. 
But my point is, Eli's just seems so. I think he was a very mediocre quarterback, and yet he would rise to a He's level. Clutch. So I got I've got to give him credit in those. Like he threw really well in those moments when the spotlight was brightest. But I just, as I watched his career, I just thought he's not very good, and yet he beat my team twice on yeah. the biggest stage. So I, yeah, yeah he didn't get I, in the way though, right? Like he was a quarterback that st- like. He didn't get in his own way, and Except, which led yeah, to a couple. He of did Super make Bowls. those throws that, like, some of them were fluky catches, but he did come through. Yeah, but you're right. And I he think, yeah, managed. I, think, I like, guess he managed. I didn't watch game. as deeply as you guys did, but I do remember seeing score sheets and stat, and it seemed like, yeah, his his overall yardage was never that high, but he no, always had two no. or three touchdowns. He always had yeah. two or three. Like he seemed to be in the red zone. He seemed to be pretty clutch. Yeah, I guess it's just tough. Peyton, I actually, I mean, I could see the talent consistently year in and year out. Like he's one of the greatest. So I didn't hate him as much, which is interesting. But I can see your point of view, Curtis. I just, Eli, for whatever reason, just like, how did he do it? I guess I'm just like upset. That's what it is at the end of the day. Like, how did they do it twice? Yeah, Um, I chalk those up to just flukes. And, but like the AFC championship game would have been a lot less stressful as a Patriots fan, if we didn't have to see Manning as often as we did. Right. Right. right? Like it was, a, you'd win the Super Bowl if you could get past Peyton. And so yeah. that was stressful. My yeah. other, All right. who, who you got next? My other love to hate is just the Leafs. Oh, so I grew <laughs> Athletes, up. Plural. No, the, the Leafs, right? The Leafs, the Maple Leafs. Uh, I, <laughs> All of them. I, year yeah, in and year out. I grew up in Toronto. As an organization. Growing up in Toronto, I, uh, I I was not a Leaf fan. I've never been a Leaf fan. And so to go to school with kids who just were diehard Leaf fans, it made me so happy when they would lose. It w- like I loved to hate that team. Like it yeah, it gave me so much joy some weeks just but at the same time, like I grew up here. And so when they would win, I would secretly like be happy about it. And so maybe they're that part of like the hate to love. There's a moment where I do love them, but man, it was so much fun being a non leaf fan going to high school in Toronto. It was and who, who is your team, Curtis? You might've already said this. So they slide into my hate to love. Oh, okay. I, I won't, I won't spoil unless well, you're we can, going there. We can, we right. can go right there. So, okay. I, I made a decision when I was a very little kid because my parents, we moved all over the place and I didn't want to cheer for a Canadian team. So I picked the Minnesota North stars. Interesting. And I've stuck with them ever since. And so there was a few good runs with, you know, the Dallas stars. Sure. But it's real hard to be a Dallas stars fan. So I love them, but I hate it because I, I'm not willing to jump ship, but it's painful. Yeah. Can you legitimately also cheer for them? I feel like you can legitimately also cheer for them in this little while. Well, I just I went really hard into when they moved to Dallas. Like I was oh, like, yeah. So I never went back to when Minnesota was. Teams they had some good teams there. They have the best retro jerseys I've ever seen. That color combo when the logo and I I mean that and the Hartford Whalers. Those are the two that I'm just like wow. They need and those to would come be some back. cheap tickets if you ever got down there. Too. Yeah, exactly. Ever, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been able to go and watch a game? No, no. I'm, I guess they're I guess they're rabid in Minnesota. Like they really love their hockey. 
But in no, Texas, in, in Dallas, I could get a game. I could get oh, in, back, yeah. yeah. You can get the, two yeah. tickets and a hot dog for like yeah. 20 bucks. <laughs> the Dallas Stars, um, when they won, I feel like it was 97, is my guess. Uh, my one Brent Hall. Yeah, Mike Madan. Yeah, that's right with Buffalo. But I, in the summer vacation in PEI, Grant Marshall played for the Dallas Stars, and he was a PE Islander. So oh, nice. I got yeah. to see the cup because of that. So I kind of have a, yeah, I can appreciate the Stars for that. That's cool. Donald Neuendijk as the two centers. That was those were some mm. dynamic teams. And yeah. um, what's his uh, what's his name? One of the brothers on defense. Uh, Darian Hatcher. Uh, Darian Hatcher. Thank you. That's right. Thank you. The lesser of the Hatchers. Well, some people might say better. I guess Kevin was more offensive. Kevin. Yeah. Darian was stay-at-home defenseman. Darian, he was a solid, solid. I'll always remember that. uh, I think it was a Leafs game. McGinley made some incredible move around Darian Hatcher, and then Darian Hatcher just like dived across and just. Poked the puck off a stick before McGinley was about to score. Yeah. I always remember that as like this desperate. Was, was Marty desperate Turco move. the goalie for that Stanley Cup or was that, was he after that era? He was at it, Eddie Belfour. Oh, it was Belfour won yeah. the cup with the Stars. Yeah. Eagle. Yeah. Best, best helmet ever as a goalie. Eddie ever. The Eagle. Yeah. Why, why am I focusing only on the aesthetics? But that's, <laughs> yeah. So my only other hate to love is now like post Patriots Brady. Yeah. I, every time he's on the field, I'm like, oh, it's Brady. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I don't like him anymore. Like, he, he should still be a Patriot. And so it hurts to that I still love to watch him play. Oh, yeah. You know? I can't. Curtis, he could go out and do something really heinous. And I would have a hard time not cheering for him. It's crazy the impact. It's crazy how his, what am I trying to say? How he's imprinted on me that I, I can't cheer against him. I cannot do it. And I don't agree with him in terms of probably many things if we actually sat down, but I cannot cheer against the man. Yeah. I mean, he, he chose football over family. And as a parent, I'm like, that's, uh, that's not cool. But Messed up, Tommy. I, I still cheer for him when he's on the screen. So it's hard. Oh, man. Yeah. At least your guys' favorite hockey players in Third and Flurry. That's, that's, it's been tough, man. It's been yeah. tough. Yeah. <laughs> I have him on Twitter, and it's like, oh, is he is he muted, or you actually no, keep I, watching? I, yeah, I, keep I, looking. I, because he lets uh, he lets people troll him, eh? Like people, if you follow his comments, people will call him out on his crap. But um, you know, I just it's very similar to the type of work we're in, right? It's like you've had a shit ton of pat of childhood drama, of teenage drama, so I'm I'm sure he would see that as um whatever the word is infantilizing him or whatever by you know disregarding his opinions because of of the trauma but that's how i kind of rationalize it he's had a hard he's had a hard go so yes oh yeah. yes all right um you guys have exa- have exhausted your lists yeah yeah okay yeah. um i'll i'll start saying some names and you guys jump in with opinions okay um, this is my love to hate. So I had Eli at the top of the list. <laughs> Eli Manning. We've talked about him. I've got A-Rod. So I'm a baseball guy and I'm a Red Sox fan. So obviously I don't like A-Rod and the Yankees, but it's not even about being a Yankee. I mean, it's just about his personality, basically. Um, I still find him 
annoying to listen to now that he broadcasts. But A Rod is somebody I love to hate. Um, he cheated. A lot of people cheated, so I can't only say that about him. But it's something about cheating with his sort of abrasive personality that I can't stand. I think I could have gone down like a very baseball rabbit hole mm-hmm. on on this sort of love to hate because there's there was a few, you know, the the Mark McGuire era, yep. right? That you yep. sure you know Barry Bonds like sure. could have been on that list. A Rod for sure, you know, uh, yep. it, when when he sits beside Ortiz and talks baseball, I'm like, well. One of you cheated, one of you didn't. So, yeah, yeah. like, that's right. But yeah, I totally understand that one for sure, especially um, if you're a Red Sox fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, and he was so good. I mean, th- this is what I've noticed about this side of the list the love to hate. They're, all, they're, they're great players, they're phenomenal athletes, and there's something about them personality wise or something they've done in the game itself that makes me hate them. Um, but yeah, A-Rod, next is Kobe. Uh, a lot of people love Kobe, and there's been a big love fest since his death. So it's very sad that Kobe has passed, but I never was a fan. And I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I never liked him as a player in the NBA and as a person. So, or I, I shouldn't say never liked. I just never, I never respected him. I thought he was one of the greatest talents the NBA has ever seen. But yeah, he never, I never liked him as a basketball player. Um, Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it it, it makes sense. I mean, he, people now, right, uh, argue greatest player of all time, but I think he was probably the most selfish player of all time. His final season, he was, he took so many shots and he was so terrible. It was just like an absolute, um, it was a picture of selfishness. I thought it was like, why are you? Yeah, it was just, the opposite of what you want a veteran player to do. Like, yes. they were clearly heading into a rebuild time for the Lakers, and instead of coming alongside and helping, he was like, "Well, it's yeah. my last year, so I'm going to." And I'm not going to. I'm not going to mentor these guys at all. I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. Um. Also in basketball, LeBron controversial. A lot of people love LeBron. I've never liked him. I think he is just behind Jordan. To be, if I'm being honest, I think he's probably the second greatest player of all time. His longevity, all the records he holds, but I've never liked LeBron. Um, James Harden in basketball, <laughs> easy to not like him right now because he's jumped ship so many times from first it was OKC and then to Houston and then to Brooklyn and then to Philly now. And he is the epitome of selfishness on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he, can, Ky- he can pass, though. He can, he can he, Yeah, but Hoffman. He's a good playmaker when he wants to be. He just, he's a, I don't think he'll win. Is my I, I don't think a, a team with him on it, when they actually get into the, even like the conference final, that sort of round of the playoffs, I don't know how they win, let alone the NBA finals. Well, yeah. Well, that's what it's so crazy right now. Seeing the Nets all of a sudden they're winning. Yeah, it makes you wonder. It's like, well, speaking speaking of the Nets, my last guy on love to hate is Kyrie Irving, and there you go. Uh, very that's controversial it. with all his anti-Semitic crap. Um, the last 
couple weeks. Well, that's not controversial that he's anti-Semitic. I think he's very confused. I think he is an egomaniac like a lot of the guys I've mentioned, but I, I don't even think he knows what he really thinks. So I'm not trying to make Yeah, I don't know if him, he himself is very anti-Semitic. That's but. right. But it, but yet it is still very offensive and a very hurtful and does a lot of damage, even if you don't know what you really are doing. think or, or are doing. That's right. But yeah. he is um great talent, best dribbler, best ball handler I've ever seen. I know a lot of people say that. He really is. Um, had a clutch shot in that 3-1 comeback with the Cavs over the Warriors. He um, LeBron won the series, but he hit the big shot at the end. That'll be his best moment ever. That that, that will be it. Um, as a person, he's a cancer to the team. So I love to hate Kyrie, yeah. even though yeah, amazing talent. It. And we're seeing with that with the Nets right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're winning games. Yeah. Uh, they beat the Clippers. They beat the Clippers. In, yeah. <laughs> rest in peace, Steve Nash, as a head coach. He's still very much alive, but man, he. That's that. that he'll get another shot. Hand. That was the shitty hand. Yeah. Hate to love. I only have three, um, and two of them are baseball. So Roger Clemens, mm. for whatever reason, there's something. I I was a pitcher in as a kid growing up in baseball. Baseball was my first love. Um, I really liked. I mean, Pedro is my guy, but I really liked Roger Clemens. I heard these um, stories about how he, in the locker room, it's a weird thing, but as a 10-year-old kid, it I thought, oh, this guy's cool. He used to, like, have his trainer on his shoulders and squat. Like, he, I guess he, like, just had really strong legs. Little did I know, he also did steroids. So, um, but yeah, there's, some, there's something yeah. about the rocket that I like. <laughs> so, what's that, Hover? That'll, it makes me curious, like how strong could I get on Sarah? with a little with a couple roidies? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, maybe let, uh, you know what I'm, next season, Hove. Let's do a little. Uh, we'll do I gotta, I gotta, a little I gotta segment. How strong kid. can Hove get? We'll, I gotta have we'll, at least one kid, and then. Uh, what do kids have to do with this? My wife oh, first have the kid and then take the roids. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So the rocket is one, and then another baseball again. A pitcher is Kurt Schilling. It's sort yeah. of like you with Theo Fleury, Hove. Uh, politically, Kurt Schilling, a little bit like you, Hove, with Theo Fleury. Um, politically, I disagree with him. Uh, I disagree with him on so much. He's just not at all. He doesn't align with my values, um, but he does have some phenomenal moments as a pitcher and as a Red Sox fan, the bloody sock in 04 iconic. And for whatever reason, I hate that. I still like Kurt Schilling, not his opinions, but as an athlete. And then my final hate to love is Tiger Woods. I, uh, I don't know why, because I feel like, if other people did the stuff that Tiger did, I would dismiss them. And for some reason, I give Tiger a longer leash and I still really like him. And I watched the documentary on him and I felt for him in the documentary, even though he hurt a lot of people. But there was something about the way his father treated him and then how he learned that behavior and he learned like what his father modeled for him 
So there's some sympathy I have for Tiger, and I loved him as an athlete, and I cheered for him so hard. So um, anyway, that's it's all about that, my final. It's like that childhood trauma, right? Like it's uh, obviously you're still responsible for your actions as an adult, but if you don't, you know, hopefully in the next hundred years, we'll really teach people and help people to deal with their trauma before they become adults. Here, here. Um, because you know, I think it's a lot of us have to deal with that type of stuff. A lot of us make mistakes in our teens and our early twenties because of trauma we've experienced. And uh, we're just told to suck it up. Right. We're just told to. And then it comes out when you're at, even though he was on top of the world as an athlete, it comes out when you're at like very weak moments, like the, it, you know, comes through the cracks and you start doing what you thought you would never do. And you start repeating the past intergenerational trauma. Yeah. So I think society is getting better. I think we're getting better in sport. I think we're teaching more. Um, hearing about kind of the teaching that uh, the Canadian junior teams are getting now on all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think it'll be better. Give it a give it a few years here, and we're, we'll our children will our children will be better than us. Yeah. Let's hope. Uh, let's go to the second segment. Let's go to something very light. Our fantasy football league, it's called Fantasy Friends. Curtis has joined this year. And right off the gate, we handcuffed Curtis because he was taking over for another manager and we didn't allow him to have as many keepers as as all of us had. So we started him at a disadvantage because we thought he would just dominate. And um, I wish I could say, Curtis, that you proved us all wrong and now you're leading the pack but um, I will say, I'll give you a moment here to speak for yourself, but I don't think it's your fault. I think it's uh, one team and one team only that has really brought you down, and that's the Indianapolis Colts because you have two guys um, who are big stars on that team, and they haven't delivered for you. But if you have anything else um, bemoaning your team, and as you know, Hove said before, the season is is long, so... You still have a chance. Still, you're still over. You're six and four, right, Curtis? You're still above five hundred, right? Six and three right now. Six oh, three, you're yeah. fine. At the, at the I, end I of the season, I'll be seven and three. I'm in. Like I'm. I'm in technically in third. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting. I I well, shouldn't have said all that. Yeah, but in great shape. I'm one I, and eight. You're doing I much should be doing much better, but the Colts have killed me and my tight end like oh every week they pretend like Waller's gonna play and oh there's another team the Raiders really disappointing killing me so you know I uh I just do you blame Josh McDaniels in the same way that you or do you disown him like you disown Brady (laughs) Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> no, I mean we we've learned we I don't know why we have to learn a lesson every couple of years when it comes to McDaniel's that if he doesn't have Brady he can't win football games. Yeah. Like, why does the league need to learn that lesson? Is it Brady or is it Belichick or is it both? I think it's both. He needs. Yeah, he's not a head coach, is he? No. No, he's, he's not. He's a he's a, a good play caller under a really good head coach. Yeah. And I mean, with a all time quarterback. Yeah. With, yeah. you know, 
the best quarterback of all time. All time. So that's right. Thank you. You, you know, we would have looked like, <laughs> you know, the best offensive coordinators uh, if we had those two pieces. And yeah, but my fantasy football team, it's, I mean, and even the, like the, the trade, the McCaffrey trade like that on paper, right? Like yeah. McCaffrey that looked sure. like, oh, he, that would change his trajectory for the year yeah yeah like the, all the, but it, it actually hasn't helped fantasy football he's on a better team so he might have a better shot at winning football games but it doesn't help fantasy football because they already have offensive pieces yeah so you know real football it's great fantasy football not so much yeah it's true um so as it stands right now yeah, you're uh, you started out in the one spot, and you're still right on the cusp. You'll be fine. Yeah, you're in the fourth position. You'll be in the playoffs. I mean that, and these projections don't mean anything, as we know with Darcy, who is a fantasy guru. He always starts in the toilet, and then he rises from the ashes like a phoenix. Oh, those projections it just shows that nobody, nobody, nobody knows. really knows that much, right? So yeah. So now, I mean, Darcy is in really good shape in terms of record. He's tied with me for the lead, but who knows, right? I guess that's what it is, right? Hove, who knows? And Hove, you're struggling. Um, Mike and I'm worse in the league. Yeah. I have a, I have a lot of, and, and, and it's funny, right? Because the pieces I was most concerned about outside of Kittle, Kittle's just been a disaster, but like Saquon has been great for me. And even Leonard Fournette's been pretty solid for me up until the injury to today. So it's just been these other secondary pieces that have done nothing for me. Like Sutton is supposed to be a reasonable WR one. Yeah. He's been like, yeah. I mean, total disaster. Blame Russell for that, but yeah. And what, what happened yeah. to Russell Wilson? That guy is a legitimate top five <sighs> quarterback. Yeah. And not anymore. He could have been on those lists we talked about, but anyway, that's an aside. Love to hate or hate to love. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah. Oh well, that's all right. I get uh, get early pick at the next year's draft and start again. There you go. Yeah, there's well, always there's always next year. <laughs> that's right. I've the last few years I've been in it, and sometimes I've made the playoffs, but I've never. So hopefully, uh, you've made the finals, right, Hove? There was a year, right? Maybe I made the finals. I think you did yeah. one year. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, it's the kid. Kittle's been. That's been a, a huge uh, issue. Can't, he can't stay healthy, huh? It's just no. something something with that guy. Yeah, people are kind of projecting that he's never going to be quite like he was. So okay. That's what that's what the experts who make those projections that are not never true are saying. So take right. that so, as a grain of salt. But so so keep him for one more year because maybe he'll turn out fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> people were worried about Saquon and he's back to doing Saquon things. So. I f- I feel like uh, we missed an opportunity in the beginning of this conversation to give Alex a hard time. Like, I feel like Josh would have been all over you for being 
uh, for pushing how well Darcy was doing while you had the exact same record and killing us all. Right, right, right. right. You know, I feel like like it's a veil of modesty, right? Oh, look at that eight and one. Isn't it just so great? Way to go, Darcy. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Slip that part in. Oh, yeah, I have the same (laughs) record as Darcy. Yeah. Yeah, as you're killing us all. Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And, and, I, and who I'm, runs the league always wins. Oh, here we go. Collusion, collusion. <laughs> uh guys, let's go to our favorite segment because John hates it. Um this is the Schooler Awards. This is named after Brendan Schooler, who we only were introduced to about three weeks ago, who tried to hand Bill Belichick a football, even though the game was far from over. And Belichick looked at him and said, What do you want me to do with this? With his eyes. Um so it's the most rookie play of the week. Do you guys have anything that springs to mind for the most rookie play of the week, the schooler? Yeah, so I I was thinking about this, and uh, I think I wrote down a few different ones as the week went on, but then uh, I think it was yesterday it came out. So it's a rookie mistake made by somebody uh, who's not a rookie but it's not necessarily sports related, but uh, Tom Brady just lost like $468 million in crypto. Million. Yeah. His crypto, all he put all his money into oh. crypto and it, it, the company that he was with went bankrupt. So he just lost him and his ex-wife yep. wife lost $468 million, 72% of their fortune. Look, he, he wasn't just in those commercials he actually bought into the he commercial bought too. in and now Whoa. yeah the 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 last article i just saw as someone who you know these veterans are supposed to by the end of their careers know how to take care of their money and he lost out of 650 million he lost 468 wow wow Tom. crazy what a rookie he's gonna, move. To, he's gonna have to play for a couple more years now. <laughs> yeah. That's what some that's the somebody somebody posted that that he'll have to play till he's 75 to make all that money back. Wow. That's just that's Tom. He's, only, he's in a rough he's only place. A, he was so close to being a billionaire, too. Too bad. What well, did Josh a, say a few weeks ago? He's in a he's in a tough spot. Josh's cousin said yeah. that he's in a tough spot. Yeah, only, only a couple million left to his name now. That's rough. <sighs> yeah. What will he do? <laughs> How will he feed his children? Yeah, he's only got 182 million left. So, <laughs> Jess, you got a schooler. Uh, I'll just say that um, I'm very upset with the is it the Kansas Wildcats or the the Kentucky Wildcats, right? That's right. Very upset with them. I uh, made a bet last night. I had the Leafs winning. I had the Flames winning. I had um, some other uh, NCAA football team that was supposed to crush, and they crushed. And then the Wildcats somehow lost by three points to Vanderbilt. So Wildcats are my shooter okay. for sucking. Um, similarly, I mean, I don't want to make this about betting, but um, yeah, I've been betting on the Raptors lately, and I I am I it's me. I win the award for the most rookie um most rookie move to bet on the Raptors because they're just good enough to break your heart again. And this is what I this is what they were for a decade before Kawhi Leonard came around. So they're back to that in 
and it's it's killing me because yeah, I would have made a good chunk of change last night, but the Raptors couldn't beat the Indiana Pacers. Showed up Ben Matherin, who's Canadian and great, yeah, you, but man, they you, couldn't. You can't bet on the Raptors because the way their team is built, they're like a super hardworking, yeah, super like um, uh, fast break team, right? And so they'll beat good teams that aren't ready to play. And they'll lose, and to, they'll the lose to mediocre teams that are, yeah. right? And- yeah. So I'm the biggest loser here. That's my point with them. Um, okay. N- I mean, another have had some good wins too, Al. So yeah. hey, not many. I'm learning my lesson that you're not gonna win on these uh on these bets, but I'm slowly learning that you just, lesson. You gotta stop playing for months like me, and then they just start giving you Hove, food. listen, you you bet. <laughs> you barely bet, okay? And I kind of respect it because you know. There's no real risk here. You bet on the favorites so much. You make about $2 on a $7 bet. And it just, anyway, it's something <laughs> else. It's something to watch because your odds are minus 1,000 every time. And I'm like, how do you I even make a profit? For some reason, in the back of my mind, I think I'm going to make money off it if I slowly just. But you make money. enough for a coffee, which actually is the responsible way to bet. So good for you. I keep yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to criticize you, but it's actually very responsible. I wish it was more like you. I will. I will say I've been betting this way for about twenty years, and I'm about even. I haven't made any money, but I haven't lost any yeah, money. Really. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Quaylen Awards for the most timely play of the week, named after Dante Hightower, very timely patriot. There you go, uh, Curtis. Do you have a uh, most timely play of the week? Kind of the reverse of the rookie play of the week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's funny. I I didn't even think about how both of mine were money related, and we're talking betting. And so I'm not sure if either of you guys saw the clip of uh, like Mattress Mac. Did you hear about this guy in the Astros, and he won yeah, like ten yes. million? Yeah. Did you see his like complete flex, taking his his winnings, and he put it in a wheelbarrow and I didn't rolled see it this. over to his private jet. <laughs> In a wheelbarrow, this old he could barely pull it. He kept saying it was heavy, and wheeled it to his private jet. And I was like, "What a flex!" Like, yeah, there you oh. go. I just, when I saw that, I was just wondering how many security guards do you need? <laughs> like, hope you're doing the pen thing you... again. Hope put the pen down. Oh, sir. <laughs> Thank you. The dangerous game. <laughs> You do the same thing as Tony Kornheiser. I've mentioned that before. He's like one of my idols. I love that guy. And he does that with his pen. So you're in good company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just thought that yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Anyways, Watching dangerous game. Dude. Wheeling $10 million. Yeah. Onto a tarmac. Yeah. In a wheelbarrow. In a Especially wheelbarrow requested almost. that a wheelbarrow would meet him at the plane <laughs> so we could wheel it across. Yeah. Because he's an everyman, right? Like he just... He's like everybody else with right. 10 million wheeling it across because that's how we carry our money. I was just like the pilot had his hand on the wheelbarrow. Like, help. was it the pilot? It looked like a pilot. I think so. Yeah. And he had to tell him where to put it. He, he, he could barely get it across. Like it was like 20 feet. Like he didn't even like go that far, but it I was, was the pilot. Still... I'd be like, give me a couple hundred G's or this is toppling over onto the cement. <laughs> yeah. That was like at, on the plane conversation. So what's my percentage yeah <laughs> to get you home safely yeah yeah so i i thought that was a pretty solid flex that's great oh have you got a quailin uh, uh 
It could be I'm Yellowstone if you want. Oh, Yellowstone's so I'm halfway through that first episode. It's it's amazing. Very timely. John Dutton is just he's my coil. Even though my Deanna <laughs> hates him. He hates him. But uh he's he's pretty epic. Uh I'm gonna say for me, from it's my flames. They were on a seven game losing streak. Uh after being essentially on a seven game winning streak, they they're uh and they finally pulled out of it last night. I uh felt so confident I even bet on it. And so that was there you go. But yeah, we needed to get that win. We need right. to get out of that doghouse. So uh, Sutter seemed happy, and uh, yeah, we're, we're getting back on track be. here. Okay, yeah. I'll s- I'll stick with hockey. Also, I was um, my Habs have done quite well, and we're not going to get Connor Bedard, so that sucks. But um, offensively, they're doing fine, and uh, you would think I'd go with Cole Caulfield who has nine goals already, but last night Nick Suzuki got his 10th, so he's already in double digits. And I'm just going to give it to whoever made him captain, which I guess would have been... Would it have been Kent Hughes? Was he the GM at the time? I guess so. And the coach, Martin St. Louis. So I, I, there was some criticism, like he's young. Is he that good? He doesn't speak French, which shouldn't be a factor with captaincy, but... They're in Montreal, so it is. Um, but yeah, I guess it was a good call. He's really good, yeah. and Canadians uh, look good, man. They look that like first a team. line of Kirby Doc, who they stole in that uh, that trade in the draft. He was a third yeah. overall pick two years ago or three years ago. Kirby yeah. Doc and Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are just on fire. So what happened to? Uh... Well, I don't understand in that game. What happened to Petrie on that last play? Like, how does he? How does he not pick off that pass I'll be on, the, on the three on three? I'll be honest, Hove, and this just makes me look like a total false you think fan. He's just like, oh, it's my old team. I didn't see it, Hove. So, just oh. I'll pretend I didn't see it. But that, that it was a nice goal. It was a nice set play. You should yeah. watch it. Okay, yeah. I'll I'll look it up. Yeah. You think he was like? Yeah, he was like, all right, fellas. Thank you for the time in Quebec. You guys can have this one. I don't know what he one. was doing. He had his stick. He had a stick like he was ready to block it, and then somehow it just snuck. Honestly, it looked like, anyways, it looked like yeah. a, a playing NHL 22 on on rookie where everything just goes through. So, yeah, it glitched out. Yeah, it glitched. I was. I couldn't believe he. It was. Was it Hoffman? Yeah, Hoff, you have Hoffman too, right? Hoffman's been looking good. Yeah. Or no, that's uh, you have Hoffman. Yeah, he's he's been okay. Yeah, I mean he had he had the winning goal last night. That's right. So yeah, yeah. that was all. That was Kirby Doc was crazy fast. He, he was, anyways. Yeah, I'd also be remiss to not uh, mention Matt Judon and John will hate another Patriots reference, but he's leading the league in sacks. They're on a bye this week, but he's got the most sacks in the league so far. Last year he also started really hot and petered out. So hopefully that that doesn't happen this year. But uh, Matt Judon. Also, guys, a quick aside before we go into our final segment of Start Bench Cut. I can't believe I didn't even mention Julian Edelman because he's a guy also I would hate to love. So I was thinking about the Patriots that I do hate to love. I love the guy because of everything he's done, getting concussions in the Super Bowl and playing on and just being so amazing. But he's an idiot. 
Like he really is. And and I don't like the guy as a person and I wouldn't want to hang out with him. So he's a hate hate to love. But anyway. All right. Uh start bench cut. Uh let's go. We've done a bunch of them this week. If you check us out on our social medias, you'll see a bunch of them. But we're gonna stick to two hockey ones. And the first one has involves one of my no, he is my favorite hockey player of all time. Uh he's in this first trio. So we have Canadian wingers and Brett Hall was born in Canada, but he ended up playing for us internationally, but we won't hold that against him for this. So Canadian wingers, we've got Brett Hall, we've got Mark Recchi, my boy and Luke Robitaille. So start one bench one, cut one. Well, I've already given my take, um, not on the podcast of, but, uh, on the podcast. So I have, so I kind of separate into two, uh, two time periods. So in, in their prime, you got Hall starting Robitaille on the bench and Recky cut. However, if you're talking about, if you were taking those guys in their last two, three years of their career, I would actually reverse it. I would have Recky starting Robitaille on the bench and Hall cut. Hall in his prime was unstoppable. Mm. Ovechkin like power play slap shot. Um, but uh, he he digressed rather quickly, I thought. And Recky was just solid all the way through his whole career. I think he mm-hmm. trained hard in the offseason, and I think it paid off for him in uh, his later years. Okay. Good rationale. Got anything, Curtis, on those three? I, I was similar to Jesse, my initial uh, gut reaction. It was mostly just emotional as a fan. I, I didn't... Uh, uh, dig in. I mean, my first thought was Hall's not, not a Canadian, <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, he uh, I went Hall Robitaille Recky because, yeah, like as a as a Stars fan, Hall was just so good. I always liked Luke Robitaille for some reason. Loved watching him play. I loved like his, yeah, he, he was just fun to watch and. But so sure. I just went with sort of my heart instead of stats. But yeah, Hall, Rope, Tyrecki. Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, and online, you, I guess you wouldn't be surprised. Most people went with what you guys have said. Um, Recky has more points than the other two. Recky's 13th all time on the all time scoring list yeah, but because of longevity. What's that? He was a flyer. He was a Philadelphia. He was a, he was great on the Flyers. He was he won cups with the Penguins, then went to the Flyers. They should have won. That team was good enough, and they ran into the trap and the Devils and all of that. Um, and then he went to my Habs, and then he won a cup with Carolina and won a cup later on with Boston. So he's won three cups. Um, yeah, of course I'll start Recky, but then. Robitaille was really, really good. And um, yeah, but Hall was an all-time scorer. So he's he's on the bench and then Robitaille's cut. Sorry, Jay Money, for that. Um, I'd also you know, add to the Hall argument is Hall's points per game are top 30 in the league overall, whereas Recky's not even on this there list. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So. That goes back to my prime versus longevity. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh, second one, also hockey. We're going to go to the back end. 
to the defenseman. I feel like this is a really interesting one. I mean, they're all interesting, but I think this is really good. We've got Ray Bork. We've got Paul Coffey. We've got Nick Lidstrom. Start one, bench one, cut one. I guess for me, I would start Lidstrom, bench Coffey, cut Bork. Okay. Only because, and I've heard great things about like Bork in terms of intimidation factor, just hard hitter along with it. But for me, Lidstrom is the best of both. He's got Coffey's offensive ability and he's got Bork's, while a different type of defensive style, he's got Bork's defensive shutdown ability as well. So I think Lidstrom right. kind of did, did both. Um, Coffey was an un- incredible skater. Um, and just oh, yeah. so dynamic offensively. So that's why I got him ahead of Bork. But right. you know, Bork is a great player. But again, Bork is the one with the most points, sort of like Recky, but you have him cut. So and but again, it's not about longevity. That's right. From that's one, right. From what I've heard, I mean, Lidstrom had longevity too. But from what I've heard, Coffee maybe didn't take the best care of himself. Where Bork was, yeah, training like a wild man in the off season. Yeah. Curtis on that one. It's so unoriginal because it's exactly the same as Jesse's Lindstrom coffee Bork. And I loved Bork when I was a kid. Um, but think like, you know, strictly defensively Lindstrom is just hundred percent. He yes. was a monster and I didn't so like right. the red wings. I didn't, I, I didn't even necessarily like Lindstrom when he was a, pl- when he was playing, but if I had to choose, yeah, Lindstrom, starts and coffee was when he was at his best he was the best on the ice and so you're and bork bork was great i was so happy when he finally got a stanley cup that was great doesn't want avalanche yeah i had a weird obsession when i was a kid to get a car like a hockey card with uh every jersey bork ever wore yeah like i had all it was a weird stupid obsession and so i i still have those cards but uh, you mean like every variation of the Bruins every, jersey? Like uh, all the different variations, but also like before he was an assistant captain with an A, oh, with okay. a C, yeah. Yeah. Avalanche, like all those different, uh, as many different variations of jerseys I could get in cards. Uh, it was just bizarre. I was a weird hockey collecting, hockey card collecting kid. Oh, that's cool. Um, I like that. <laughs> but uh, I was as well. So, you know, I would want to have him. But I, I think if we're talking strictly defensive players, he's he's cut. Yeah, this is uh, this is not exciting at all. It's not interesting like I predicted. I have the exact same as you guys. So same thing. Lidstrom, Coffee Bork. Even though Bork has the longevity and the most points. So anyway, if any of us were Bruins fans, there would be a passionate argument. Yeah, for why yeah. he oh, would man. be the greatest and why we yeah. you know. Sure, he, you know, should be the only defensive player that we would ever consider, but yeah, we can all think about it, you know, objectively. <laughs> it's nice to be able to do that because I don't do that very much with sports, so yeah, no, you're a Red Sox and Patriots <laughs> fan, so there's no ob- objectivity there, there is not, there is not, <laughs> and a Habs fan, like I know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a left field, I'm a real mutt. <laughs> You can't make sense of me. And a Raptors fan to I'm finish it out. So. 
Well, did you <laughs> you grew up somewhere that didn't have its own yeah Nova Scotia teams, nothing, right nothing so I like you the Mooseheads yeah but that's uh, that's Quebec Major Junior but yeah no yeah I had to just choose sort of based on geography I guess if you think about it Montreal yeah. is the closest and then I was an Expo fan but then they left and then I Red Sox Patriots are closest for football Raptors are well, I guess the Celtics would be closest for basketball. I like them as well, but I went with the Raps. So, yeah. Don't try to understand me. I don't understand hey, myself. I, I, I'm a weird mixed bag, too. Well, that sports. Well, you've been listening to the Weird Mixed Bag <laughs> podcast, The Weirdos. Um, thank you for joining us, Curtis. A heartfelt thanks. Thank you, great. Hove. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Take it away. It's nice not having anybody interrupt right now. Now I'm giving, giving Josh some credit here by talking about it. But I'll just say it on my own. Take it away. Steve Benjamin.